Welcome back to the Business of Biotech. I'm your host, Matt Piller, and I have to tell you, we could be here for a while if I chose to give you a thorough rundown of my guest's resume, much less his curriculum vitae. I'm elite founder and CEO, Dr. Thierry Abribat, has done a lot since earning his DVM and PhD in endocrinology back in the late 80s and early 90s. He started out at the bench as a scientist for Sanofi and the University of Montreal before co-founding Asana Labs, his first startup. Then he held C-level science positions with Thera Technologies and OPISA for about eight years before jumping back into serial entrepreneurship. Headlong this time, it was in 2007 that he founded Alize Pharma One. Then he founded Alize Pharma Two, which was acquired by Jazz. And then he founded Alize Pharma Three, which would ultimately become Amelit Pharma, the company he currently runs. So let's start there, Dr. Abri Bhatt. Welcome to the show. And what's with all these different numerically designated iterations of Alize? <laughs> so first of all, uh, uh, very nice to meet you. And uh, thank you very much for having me in uh, uh, today, uh, uh, Matt. I'm pleased to be with you. And thank you for this very uh, nice introduction. Um, yes, in fact, uh, um, have been always driven by innovation. I'm a scientist by training, mm -hmm. uh, have had really the passion of uh, uh, science and, uh, and endocrinology in particular. Uh, and uh, that's why at some point uh, there has been another strong interest uh, that emerged, which is entrepreneurship. And when I decided to uh, to found the, my first two companies, Alize Pharma One and Two, uh, they were really driven by um, an interest in moving project forward uh, from uh, bench to the patient. And they were all of them, all these uh, first companies I had founded. Uh, were driven by one single project each. So we really wanted to have a project moving from the science pattern to uh, to patient and try to move it uh, to show that we have benefit to the patient. Uh, and it was already my uh, my primary driver at that time. And I, have, I still have this uh, very important interest for all the projects we are developing. Mm -hmm. You're, um, I, I've, I've got to ask you too, real quick. Your, your background, your education, uh, going way back to, uh, to, to your, your, do, your, your doctorate and your, and your PhD, um, vet, veterinary medicine to endocrinology. What, what was the, I guess, what was going on back then in, in the young, young Thierry's mind? You know, there are endocrinology disease in animals too, in pets, in sure. cats, etc. Yeah. Uh, but. The the uh, veterinary uh, uh, training is a very strong training in physiology, in uh, some disease also, uh, and very rapidly when I studied as a as a vet, um, I discovered that I was more interested by science than by uh, practice practicing as a, as a vet. Uh, I really fully respect that, but uh, I wanted to have. Uh, something new every day uh, in my life. Uh, and uh, so I, I made some internship with in some pharma companies in, uh, in, uh, at uh, a science uh, organization and academic teams. And I really discovered that I was made for that. Uh, so uh, I, I, I 
I use my first training to uh, to develop my skills in science, and uh, I, I decided that uh, I, I needed to complete that. That's why I, I, I did a PhD mm-hmm. uh, in endocrinology, and then it was in neuroendocrinology. Um, and uh, I stayed a while in the academic space. Uh, I believe a sound uh, a scientific uh, training is, is important. Uh, uh, it helps me still today. I spend more time discussing with investors today than making science myself, I have to say. Yeah. But it's very helpful to select your compounds, uh, to source your products, and also to give an impulse uh, to, to your team because it's very important to stay close to the project to develop, I believe. Okay. Uh, you, you, you've also been, uh, I, I, I see on your, on your resume that you've been, uh, you've, you've run TAB consulting, is that correct, for, for some time as well? Yeah, this is my own uh, personal company uh, that uh, I've used uh, at some point uh, for consulting purposes. And that is also the company that is the real founder of the company. All the companies I founded, I have been the first one through TAP Consulting to invest uh, in, in, in the creation. So I put my money where my, uh, anyway, as you say, in the US. Uh, so yes, it has been, uh, it's more like a financial instrument for founding my companies. Gotcha. Okay. So what are the, what are the real roots uh, for your, uh, the real roots of your penchant for, for founding biotechs? Many of these endeavors sort of overlapping one another. Where does this entrepreneurial drive come from? Yeah, it, it all began, began with uh, uh, the real passion for innovation. You know, uh, there are people uh, that, that like me who, who like to do Different things every day, uh, and uh, especially uh, focus on the, on projects that are going to change something, right? Uh, and uh, it happens that I'm uh, more like a biologist and physiologist uh, uh, as training. So the biotech is some sort of obvious for me, and uh, feeling that you can change a little bit the life of the of some patients is something that is very uh, stimulating. And it, it has been really the beginning of everything on my decision to found, found my own companies that were more project-driven. Uh, with this new company, uh, Amolit uh, Pharma, it's a little bit different. Maybe I'm a little bit older. What is new, uh, it's... Uh, from what I have seen in other having uh, uh, some successful companies is what you want to do when you're a little bit older, have a little bit of experience, mm-hmm. is trying to do something that has an impact. Uh, an impact for the patient, but more uh, globally uh, uh, an impact for the society uh, where you, you know, you, you know, have some very nice. You have some very nice examples in the U.S. Companies like uh, Biomary, Nutrigenics, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, who have uh, have uh, sold a company too. So I know them very very well. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with what they're doing because they develop portfolio that goes to the market, and so this is a larger companies at some point uh, that have an impact that create uh, sustainable jobs uh, that have an impact uh, for the patient and for the society at large. So I told myself, if I can do that, or at least uh, make the beginning of that, uh, I would be very happy uh, when I, I, I stop working. Yeah, well, good. I, and I, and I want to get into the, the patient and the, and the, specific, um, the specific candidates 
candidates that you are uh, that you're currently offering um, and and targets. But first, I I wanted to ask you about your uh, headquarters arrangement. So you have headquarters in New Newton, uh, Massachusetts, and Lyon. Is that how you pronounce it in French, Lyon? It's a very good pronunciation. This is a this is a city, a second city in France. This is a mid uh, midway between uh, Paris and Marseille. So it's a very close to the French Alp, Alps, uh, close to the mountain. Uh, this is a city in France where there's a very decent cluster in pharmaceutical and biotech industry. Um, so um, Amorit Pharma was built as a European company uh, initially, uh, has been built. So so today the headquarter is still in, in France, in Europe. Uh, but very rapidly uh, for the kind of company I want to build, uh, it is very important uh, to, to have a presence in the US. So we have built this subsidiary in Boston, so in Boston area, so it's Newton. Mm-hmm. And there are several reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is that uh, our lead program that uh, is now clinical uh, comes from the Mass General Hospital, which is the uh, Harvard Hospital in Boston, very well known. And there are really fabulous uh, scientists there who have uh, uh, designed the, uh, the, the peptide, the product that we, we are developing. So we have licensed the technology and the, the pro- product from them. So we wanted to be close because we have a, a, a research collaboration with them in parallel to the development of their their compound. Boston is a, is a very important a cluster on biotech. You have uh, everything. You have the uh, hospitals, uh, the, uh, the science, uh, the investors. Uh, so it's a very uh, dy- a lot of biotechs too. It's a very dynamic cluster. Um, so you want to be close to that cluster. Uh, and... Uh, so, so by having a team in Europe and in the US, we want to to build the capability to to implement global clinical trials as well. And and to us, we are in the rare disease space. This is uh, Europe and and and, and US. Uh, this is what we call uh, ultimately those pivotal trials for registration. So we want to 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 build a team there as well in the US. And finally, we want to, uh, the kind of company we want to build, we want to be closer and closer to the U.S. financial markets as well. Uh, it might happen that uh, a company like us uh, at some point get listed uh, on the NASDAQ. So it's, uh, it might happen at some point. Uh, we want to be closer and closer to the U.S. investors. This is a very important step for us to be able to, to finance ourselves for, for the kind of company we want to build. The Business of Biotech is brought to you in partnership with Cytiva. Together, we're committed to helping the leaders of new and emerging biopharma companies navigate the financial, organizational, human resources, and regulatory waters you'll encounter on your way from discovery to the clinic and beyond. Check out a host of useful resources for biotech leaders at Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator at cytivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V-A lifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. Let's, uh, so yeah, let's get into the, the therapeutic itself. So just, just recently in, in Q4 2020, you dosed your first phase one patient with your therapeutic peptide AZP 
3601 for hypoparathyroidism. Um, so two things there. I want to first. I want to ask uh, about the indication, like why you know why you target what you target, why why you chose to go after the disease that you go after, um, and then an update. Just give us an update on uh, on that trial. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, the uh, hypoparathyroidism is a, a rare endocrine disease. Uh, without going too much in science, this is a disease that uh, approximately 80,000 patients in the U.S. have and 110,000 patients have in uh, in Europe. So it's not a true rare, but it's often disease. Uh, for us, uh, uh, what is important that uh, in the overall goal we have uh, for our company, we want to develop products that are prescribed by endocrinologists. We want to work for and with the endocrinologists. Ultimately, this portfolio, once the first product gets approved, uh, could become a, 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 a franchise. So it's important at some point if the company has to deploy uh, a commercial force, that the commercial force is uh, dedicated to endocrinologists. Um, and, and this disease is uh, just a kind of disease we're looking to to try to 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 fulfill uh, clinical needs, very important and met needs, uh, and uh, the way to treat that disease is uh, it's a PTH. It, this disease is a deficiency in parathyroid hormone that is a very important hormone for the regulation of calcium metabolism, and the best way to uh, to treat uh, a deficiency in PTH is to develop a PTH replacement therapy, and uh, we found that the MGH. Uh, uh, an analog of a PTH that is uh, has been designed to um, to fulfill the uh, clinical needs of those patients. Uh, the scientists at the MGH have spent the last 15 years to specifically design this uh, this analog. And at some point, uh, they wanted to have uh, an industry partner, a biotech like us, who has some experience in moving this kind of therapeutic peptide at the clinical stage. And uh, they chose us. We are very proud of that. And we are collaborating uh, hand in hand with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... So, so I want to get into uh, sort of the, the the emotional and business angles of this next question, and that's what describe for our, our our audience. You know, our audience is new in emerging biotechs. A lot of first time founders, uh, preclinical. What's it like to move your first program into the clinic? You know, starting from the regulatory perspective, um, and then kind of get into the sort of the the. Uh, I guess just the the emotional aspect of it. Like, what, what's it, what's it like to, to be the leader, t- kind of taking things into the the clinic for the first time? No, there is no doubt this is a major milestone for for biotech. You know, you have preclinical biotechs and you have clinical stage biotechs. In terms of valuation, the way investors see you, this is very different. You you have moved one step up. Uh, so this is an important in the life of a, of a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, have to say the team that is working with me, uh, most of the people have worked with me in previous ventures. So we have the experience. We have done that before moving uh, compounds like that from uh, preclinical to clinical through phase one, phase two, phase three, and even to approval. Uh, but it's uh, when you build a new company and your first asset reach the clinical stage, this is important. Uh, and, and 
because people, when you are at the uh, pharmacology stage or non-clinical stage, um, you look at what you have, right? Uh, what is the effect of your product in animal models, etc. Once your preclinic, when you once your clinical. Uh, you look at uh, what's going to come next. What are the next clinical milestones? When do you have data in healthy volunteers, in patients? And then at some point, when is, is your product going to be uh, in pivotal trial or phase three? And when is going to be approved? So we look at the future. And people around you do that also, investors, etc. So uh, it's it's a total change in, uh, in uh, how the company is perceived. Uh, so it's, a, it's an important milestone. So we closed the Series A financing uh, last year uh, because we are very ambitious. It was a quite large one. It was a $75 million Series A financing, uh, mostly with uh, very large European uh, investors, some US investors too. Uh, and uh, the first year was to build the team and bring the first uh, uh, asset, the first compound to the clinic. And this is what we, we have achieved. So now we are looking forward. Uh, we are looking for what's going to happen as, as, as next steps, and of course, the most important is to to be able to get the uh, the results we expect to have in uh, healthy volunteers and in the patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, big big changes from a com- company sort of corporate structure standpoint, all the way around. Um, what what walk us through what. Uh, Let's start with the manufacturing side. Like, what sort of CMC changes do you have to make as you transition from preclinical stage uh, company to into the clinic? Yeah, this is something you have. You need to have. Uh, in mind uh, when you build a company, when you found the company, basically. The way we work uh, at Amrit Pharma and that we have worked in our previous companies is that it's important to have the team first uh, with experts. I guess uh, this is more like an ancient time where people were building uh, biotech companies with scientists uh, who make very, very important discoveries. And at some point, they are not ready to uh, to support the development. I think today, uh, what is important is to build a drug development team. Uh, so at Amolit Pharma, from day one, we have hired... Uh, CMC expert, non-clinical expert, toxicologist, uh, regulatory expert, um, clinical development expert, clinical operation expert, because uh, drug development is a multidisciplinary task, right? Um, uh, project management is key because there are a lot of parallel activities ongoing, otherwise it takes forever to go to go to IND. Uh, so you need to be organized as a drug development team from day one. Uh, and uh, this is what we have done. So there has not been any change in the culture of the company, in culture of the team, because we have, uh, we, we claim to be a drug development company. This is our main uh, uh, job. Uh, what we do for a living, we develop drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. And all the rest, the financing, the corporate, the business development is here to support uh, the drug development. And you're going to, to build value for your shareholders, build value for the society if you can deliver clinical milestones and bring some product to approval to the patient, etc. So uh, this is uh, our really a priority uh, uh, 
largest priority to have the right people. Uh, and then those people, they know, they know the job, right? Uh, for CMC, you have to work with, uh, to select. So we are a typical biotech. We don't internalize things. We don't build a manufacturing plant. We don't have a, a tox, uh, a, a, a tox uh, anyway, uh, plan or whatever. We, we, we ultimately subcontract to providers. So for CMC, this is a, a contract manufacturing organization. For uh, TOX, this is a contract research organization. Uh, but this is not very, uh, I think everybody works that way in the biotech industry. Mm -hmm. But internally in the team, you know, you need to have people who know very well the jobs the providers are doing. Right. So, uh, and so you have to think uh, for uh, CMC, you, can, you have to think from day one, uh, good GMPs, a good manufacturing practice, for talks, uh, good uh, laboratory uh, practice, etc. For clinical, good uh, clinical practice. Uh, there's a good for every activity, good practice for every activity. There are very well-defined uh, uh, guidelines um, and you just have to follow them. Yeah. Uh, and you have to make sure uh, your drug development activity where you need to be very strict and compliant, etc. Uh, really respect the scientific innovation you have. So you need to have the scientists, uh, we have a CSO, etc., who constantly make sure that uh, uh, we are not deviating from the plan, which is the drug we have, the way we want it ultimately to, to be administered to the patient to improve, uh, hopefully improve uh, its condition. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, so. So you're saying you had, you know, for, from day one, from the outset, you had the, the team assembled. I, I spent a lot of time talking with biotechs who, as they reach certain clinical milestones or, you know, prepare for IND or prepare for commercialization, they, they make strategic uh, personnel you know, acquisitions, hires. Um, you're, you're saying you didn't necessarily have to do that in preparation for the clinic because the, the, the folks you, you needed to uh, to go into clinic were already already there? Or, di or did you make any strategic personnel acquisitions? No, of course, we continue to grow the team as the program develops. Uh, but the idea is to try to understand anticipate enough. Uh, I, I'm lucky to have uh, uh, at least a part of the team our people have worked uh, before with, uh, with whom we have built some programs at two late stage development together in previous ventures uh, in Canada and uh, here in, in, in Europe. And those people, when I told them that uh, I had founded a new company, some of them say, okay, I'm interested to come uh, to, to work with you. It's a, it's a very interesting challenge. So they came uh, with me uh, uh, very early on, and, 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 and to me, this is a major asset of the company, this team. Uh, there, nothing replaces uh, experience, right? Uh, when you have done it before, next time you're going to do it a little bit better, and uh, if you have done mistakes in the past, you're not going to repeat them. So no, no, nothing uh, replaces uh, experience, because it's a very, uh, it's not easy. To, uh, drug development is a very uh, challenging uh, um, uh, activity and uh, the best is to be able to hire people who have done it before yeah. in the in the US you have a lot of people who have a lot of uh, uh, experience because the biotech uh, the biotech uh, industry is so so well developed and so um, so old, I mean, uh, it, it's been a while. you have invented the, uh, the the model of the biotech company so uh, yeah 
Yeah, you opened yourself up to a, a follow-up question there when you when you said, you know, each time you try to do it better and avoid the mistakes that you made previously. So <laughs> you opened yourself up to a follow-up there around those mistakes. So what what are uh, I guess maybe if you could share some uh, some stories from the trenches. What what some of the challenges that you faced going into the clinic that uh, that, that you had to overcome and how you overcame them. Or, or mistakes, well, mistakes that you made and how you corrected them as it Yeah, were. so I said I said you, so I mean I didn't say I, but uh, <laughs> maybe okay. my English is not good enough. But no, I, I'm. Uh, it's a joke. We, 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 it's not necessarily mistakes. Is uh, you know when you develop a drug, time is the essence, uh, and you have you have to play the game. You have investors, investors, uh, and yourself. You're impatient. You really want to move your product uh, forward forward quickly uh, and you know the, the most typical enterprise to the pharma industry is the, the most challenging part of a clinical trial is the recruitment of patients right uh, so there are ways to uh, to to approach and to entertain uh, a dialogue with a relationship with investigators, uh, with the hospitals. Um, our success depends on the quality of the relationship we build with investigators and uh, and hospitals because this is in the hospitals that we discover if our product is good or not, right? And uh, so you need to take the necessary time and have the right people in internally to talk with the here, this is endocrinologists for us, uh, access to them. Uh, they are very busy because they spend most of their time to take care of their own patients, uh, to establish, to present what we are doing, our science, why we believe our product is going to help the patients and really to, to create a, a relationship with them. Uh, so this is key to be able to, uh, first of all, to verify that your product, your rational for product is, is good, is valid. So you need to have constant feedback from those people on your programs. Um, and we have people internally, their time is really to establish the contact with, the, uh, with these investigators. We have medical director, we have uh, uh, all, all those people who are very important uh, for us to be known our product. And then those people are going to help you to find the patients who are the best patients who are going to best benefit from uh, from from your drug. Who are the patients uh, who it's better that you don't treat them because there could be some safety concern. Also, this is in the best interest of the patient of uh, uh, make sure we position well our program. So this is key. So we are a small team. Um, but it's important to to be global and establish our presence and partnership with. Uh, I was telling you we are working for and with the endocrinologist. This is very important. Uh, this is the best way to ultimately bring something positive for their patients. Mm -hmm. uh, so for all, so this is for the challenge for uh, clinical development. Uh, the challenge for the CMC, you have to select some uh, CMOs uh, that have, uh, uh, when possible, 
have a capacity to produce what you need to produce in time, because if your product arrives too, li- too late when you want to launch your clinical trial, you have a problem. Uh, CMOs who have been ex- inspected by uh, the FDA before, uh, because they have uh, there's less chance that you have a regulatory problem. The quality of your product is very important. Uh, you know, a drug is two things. Uh, it's uh, uh, the uh, the product itself, so the quality must be must be outstanding, and there are very clear guidelines and the indication. So this is what the product does to the patient. They're as simple as that. But the uh, CMC sometimes is something that is uh, uh, a little bit uh, less well, less especially in early stage clinical development. Uh, uh, there's not enough investment sometimes in some programs, and then you pay that later on when you are late stage development and you want to have an approval, you have uh, 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 cut some uh, corners and uh, then it's, it's going to take you forever or it's too late. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to invest, so you need to have um, the financial capability to invest in the top quality uh, uh, Manufacturing activity, and then you have all the rest, the uh, talks, etc. So, so everything you need to have uh, anticipate um, anticipation to say, okay, what I'm doing is going to be successful. So, for the next step, I need to be ready. The CMC quality need to be at this level, and you t- you need to anticipate that. Excellent. Yeah, that's really some really good advice in there for uh, for for the folks who are seeing this for the first time. Um, so let's get back to the, the the therapeutic and then wrap things up here as we run short on time. Um, why is it that you believe that your therapeutic approach is is better than you know th- therapeutic therapeutic approach for for patients with rare endocrine and metabolic diseases is better than uh, what's currently available on the market? Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit all my life. I've done that many times. We are developing a, a specific class of uh, compounds that are therapeutic peptides in rare endocrine uh, disease, um, especially disease where the hormone is itself a peptide or a protein. So what we are doing, we are, uh, for parathyroid hormone, for example, where we make a PTH replacement therapy for uh, hypoparathyroidism. Basically, we are replacing what is missing in the disease. Um, uh, we uh, we have a second program that is preclinical, uh, where we um, we have uh, a peptide uh, that we have derived from a large protein called IGF binding protein 2. I don't have time to go in science, but this is a key mediator of the effect of leptin. And because of we know very well the effect of leptin, we can really position the product for specific uh, uh, therapeutic indications. Today, we have uh, we are very pleased to, to have announced the acquisition of a third program. We have this collaboration with a Japanese company called Called the Peptidream, and uh, what we are go- we are going to develop so so called growth hormone receptor antagonists, so which are short peptides that are going to hopefully help those patients who have acromegaly. Acromegaly is uh, too much of a secretion of growth hormone, and these are antagonists to the secretion of growth hormone to be able to improve uh, the condition of those patients. So, using pept- therapeutic peptides. Uh, is very often uh, an advantage because you have more chance to succeed and have better safety if 
there is one condition for that if you follow the rules of biology and uh, and, 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 and and physiology so that you respect the way those peptides are um, physiologically secreted for example etc so if you respect those rules uh, because you make replacement therapy or you inhibit the secretion of a hormone that is too much secreted then you have more chance to uh, to have success uh, or less chance to have a failure in clinical in development because you intervene in the really directly in the biology of the disease mm-hmm. well, congratulations on that uh, on that that news release today um, what other what other next big steps is, is amylit uh, facing at this point? I mean, <laughs> a lot going on, right? I mean, you're new, new into the clinic, phase one, dose the first patient just, just recently. Uh, got, got a bit, big news coming out today. What, what else is, uh, so what else is in the oven at Amelit? I think we have reached uh, our first, uh, let's say, corporate milestone to have the first program clinical. Uh, uh, this is what we announced recently. Uh, the new announce of today, we have added a third program. That is early stage uh, in our portfolio. Is going to help prepare the next step. Our goal is to have at least three clinical programs uh, by 2022, in the next two years from now. Mm-hmm. And the idea... For us, a little bit longer uh, view is uh, to build a portfolio of this kind of therapeutic peptide at the clinical stage, at various stages of clinical development, with one ready to enter phase three pivotal trial, and then another one in patient, another one in healthy volunteers in phase one. So it's a balanced portfolio uh, that will move uh, forward up to approval. And I have learned something is that uh, it's very good to have uh, some compounds that are clinical that are going to generate uh, clinical data very soon because this is very important that we are able to 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 create short term value for our investors so this is well, this is very important but i've also learned that you you build uh, even higher value for your shareholders uh, when you have a view that is a little bit longer term and again our view is to build a company that is that could become a, a, a company that has a franchise in endocrinology mm-hmm. so we have both because we have a, a, we'll have a portfolio with various stage of clinical development we'll be able to offer our investors that continue to build the company to have short-term objectives, yet uh, a longer-term uh, view and vision, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and this is, I believe, the best way to build a company that can have an impact, as I was saying in the introduction. Very good. Yeah, we'll, we'll be paying attention. And I, I've got to ask you, so you're, um, you know, I, I described you as a serial entrepreneur uh, as, we, as we got started today. Um, is is uh, is Amelit where you're going to stay for a while, or do you have some uh, have some projects on the on the back burner, or can't you say? Is this something that uh, is, <laughs> can't? No, be if, if uh, anyway, if you ask uh, if you ask me if this, this is the last one, uh, I'm going to, to to tell you yes, this is the last one uh, because uh, this is uh, this is uh, a large work, uh, uh, and, and this one I, I, I've not seen. 
the end of it yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm in a building mode and the team that is working with, with me, we are in a building mode with these companies, the investors who support us are also in the building mode. So we, we are not uh, thinking about exit or whatever. We're, we're thinking about uh, making it the uh, most successful possible. Uh, maybe it's going to take three years. Maybe it's going to take five years. I don't know. Uh, so then I will ask myself the question if I'm not too old at that time. I don't know. <laughs> Well, congratulations on your success to date, Dr. Abribat. We, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on your company and wishing you well. And thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much, Matt. It was a very interesting uh, discussion. I so enjoyed it. Keep in touch. Thank you. So that's Dr. Terry Abribat. I'm Matt Piller, and this is the Business of Biotech. We're produced by Bioprocess Online in partnership with Cytiva, which offers a trove of resources and guidance for emerging biopharmas at cytivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V as in Victor A dot com backslash emerging biotech. Check that out. Check us out at bioprocessonline.com and please subscribe to my newsletter while you're there. In the meantime, before you go, give us five stars if you like what you heard and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.